Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back. This is Locked On Chiefs, folks. We are going to go through this win out in Washington, one that we had hoped for, one that we had prognosticated, and I'm glad to see that we are right. Mac Darris is with us over there. Chris and I are back together. This is going to be a fun show. We thank you for making us your first listen. We are brought to you by DirecTV. You'll hear more about them here in a little bit. Um, off the schneid, I still thought that this was a game they had to have. They worked it out. They exercised some demons, and first and foremost, they made some changes to the lineup, Matt. I thought maybe some of that was coming during the week. Did any of the lineup changes surprise you? The only one that really surprised me a little bit was uh, was Mike Rimmers. I mean, I, I thought that this was a, a possibility even in the past that the Chiefs might consider this. Um, the injury to, to Lucas Niang, remember he did bang up his hamstring last week against Buffalo, um, may have been the impetus. I mean, we'll see if this sticks. I thought that, that Rimmers played pretty well, though, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did stick with this going forward. Uh, but the other changes as far as you know, seeing more of – of Juan Thornhill was a long time coming. I mean, I think she's reached a, a bridge where they just couldn't afford not to do that anymore. And you're seeing some other playing time being adjusted. I mean, more Willie Gay with him being healthy and being back, I think makes a difference. Uh, Turk Wharton, I think, is continuing to get a little bit more play. Chiefs are changing that defensive line rotation a little bit. So a lot of moves around. And I, I think, by and large, a lot of those buttons that got pressed today worked out pretty well for the Chiefs. Yeah, I have to think so, too. Chris, anything that stood out to you in terms of Changes that helped today. I think Willie Gay playing more helped. Uh, I think what the Chiefs need to do looking forward is, especially if Hitchens is out for a long period of time, you need to give the the green dot to Bolton and let him play the position that they actually drafted him for. So I think that would really help this defense uh, keep Neiman as one of the guys that's not playing your middle linebacker spot. Uh, many times he was out of position and it really cost him. Yeah, it, it certainly did. I, I can't help but, yes, there was the the big play to Ricky Seals-Jones, which we're going to have to talk about later in the week, about the fact that somebody who couldn't get on the field there is having a season in that is actually showing some process. That talks to the complexity of the offense, which I think is part of what's bogged them down to this point. But even that, I thought that the defense kept the explosive plays to a general minimum. There were still some big problems. Obviously, if you guys missed my breakdown on RGR football, I did it live at halftime just how complex and how frustrating that is. But outside of that, Matt, I felt like they still had too much complexity in the first half. It looked like they simplified things. Coming out in the second half, I felt that that defense got going there. Am, am I missing something? No, I don't think you are. I mean, that that second quarter was just absolutely a dumpster fire from beginning to end for the Chiefs in every aspect of the game. I mean, there was nothing in that second quarter to write home about. The offense played badly. The defense played badly. It was an utter disaster, and yet the rest of the game, I, I thought this entire unit played really well, especially the defense, not letting the Washington get into the red zone. That's one way to improve your red zone defense. You don't just don't even let them get there. Uh, I thought that was a big-time improvement. Um, limiting the big plays, yeah, the Ricky Seals-Jones, we, we'll, we'll need to talk about that later. Um, that was a big one. But uh, other than that, I mean, I, I thought that you saw more speed from this defense. I thought you saw better reactions from this defense. Um, things did seem a little bit simpler. They were they were doing some things I even thought up front to get pressure on the quarterback a little bit differently. I think there's still defensively some concerns to come out of this game because Washington is not a good offensive football team, and they were missing two starters on the offensive line. Um, the receivers, even those guys, are all banged up a little bit. There's concerns about this, but at the, 
you can't fault the three of those four quarters. This team overall played really, really good football, I thought. Problem with that is, is, and I agree with you, they played really good for three out of four quarters. But you have stupid mistakes that Mahomes made in the second quarter. You know, Tyree Kill having another ball bounce off his hands and get intercepted when the Chiefs are driving in to score a touchdown. And I'm still curious, although obviously it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things, uh, other than maybe just not running up the score, why do you not kick a field goal at the very end of the game, other than maybe just not wanting to run up the score? Because you're not going to run the clock anymore. Yeah, there are some questions there, and I, I think they all lead to some similar questions that we've had, right, about making decisions, about how you go about getting to what your goal is. What I want to know is what was said at halftime, because I felt that it was a pretty stark turnaround in the third quarter. Did Andy get in everybody's case? Was it the position coaches? Like, what turned it? Because it's been sorely lacking to this point, just halftime adjustments in general, but certainly the edge that they came back out with, Matt. Yeah, you know, and I, I saw a comment after the game that uh, from Mahomes that apparently, you know, some of the guys after that that interception, the the really bad interception at halftime, were just coming up to him and telling him, "You got to be you, man." And and I, I think that we've seen Mahomes not being himself for quite a while now. I think he's been trying to be himself plus, and, and that interception was just case in point. I mean, it was a, a really really press play. I mean, that's the kind of mistake that you make to me. When, like I said, I mean, I think I said this, maybe I mentioned this before. I mean, you're trying to make a 14-point play. Those don't, don't exist yeah. in the NFL. You can't do that. So you, sometimes you just eat it. I mean, on that particular play, Mahomes just fall down the football. Don't do anything else. Just make sure you've got the football. You don't need to try and make something else happen. Uh, I, I thought Mahomes was a lot more himself in the second half, and I am sure that there were some other guys lighting into this group. Um, with the with the Tyron Matthew that we saw on the sidelines at the end of the first half, I'm sure that he shared some thoughts with some teammates during that halftime. I don't have any of that. I mean, I'm sure there were some words said because that second quarter was just that bad. And, and even though I said that I thought they played really well for, for three of those four quarters, you can only get away with how badly this team played in the second quarter against a team like Washington. Wouldn't they couldn't have gotten away with that against the Chargers or the Bills? Probably couldn't have gotten away playing a Porter that bad against the Browns. Washington, you can't, but they've got to they've got to start playing four full quarters. But I thought that second half something changed because there was a lot more focus. I thought on the, both sides of the football. I'm gonna have to take a deep look at the L22 to see what that entailed schematically. And when I do that, folks, I usually use it on a tablet because that's where I can get access to it the best. And sometimes I have to watch recorded shows on my DVR and sometimes I have to stream things. Everything's kind of all over the place and there's one way to fix that. And that's with our friends over at DirecTV Stream. They consolidate all your entertainment, sports watching and every stream that you want into one spot that you can get it. And it saves you from digging through the couch. It saves you from hunting for X remote that you need for whatever, Apple TV or otherwise. That's one that always goes missing at my house. Um, and they put it all together in one spot. It is called DirecTV Stream. And it brings it all right to your living room where you want it. means no more juggling remotes and no more added devices. There's no annual contract. You can get rid of all the clutter and the confusion over at DirecTV Stream. And you can check them out at DirecTV.com. A compatible device is required and content does vary by package. Varying by package was something I was glad to see today. I thought that they used the double tights more. Clearly, the guy that I thought gave some lift to this team very early was a spectacular play by Jody Fortson. I mean, something that I don't think – Travis Kelsey could probably pull that off, but the fact that he's a converted wide receiver, I think, gives you an aspect of that play that I don't know that anybody else on this roster is really going to offer you. 
Yeah, I mean, For- Fortson's got some ball skills. I mean, that's certainly why he he's gotten to this point in his career. I mean, that was a that was a great catch. Um, it's something that we've we've seen on uh, on the field on the practice field now for a couple of years as Fortson's been making his journey, and and seeing him get that injury um, just devastating because you know Absolutely. this kid coming from you know growing up in Buffalo, New York, going to community college, Valdosta State. Um, rookie mini tryout camp. I mean, this has just been an absolutely incredible journey and a great kid. I mean, Jody Fortson, I mean, is a, is a favorite for a lot of people, not just fans. I mean, he's been a favorite with teammates too. Um, coaches love him. Uh, seeing him, I mean, that's certainly at this point looks like it's going to be a season-ending injury, and that that's really tough because of just seeing how hard that kid has worked. And and I think you saw it. I mean, when he was going off, I mean, he's he's meant a lot to his teammates, and I I think that him leaving probably gave them a little bit of an emotional lift too. Yeah, and it really stinks seeing what happened to him in this game. I have loved watching his progression over the years. It's been fantastic to watch. You know, his first year in the league, his first year, you know, at training camp, just hammering on the jugs on the jugs machine after practice, then getting to a point where he could actually make the team, and then making plays. And making touchdowns in the NFL and then that absolutely phenomenal catch, like you said, Ryan, that was a great play by him. And it's the only other person on this roster who I think can go and make that type of catch hasn't gotten started yet really in the Chiefs uniform yet. And that's Josh Gordon. I think he can make those types of plays. I think he's going to have to for this offense moving forward. Crushing injury to Jody Fortson. And I hate speculating but i saw several people thinking it's an achilles injury and if it is an achilles injury that will be season ending and hopefully he's able to come back next year because uh, i think he adds another dimension to this chief's offense yeah Maybe i don't think we've, i don't think we've heard the last of jody Fortson. i think he'll be back yeah. I, I agree and, and it's a difficult injury but it's one that can be recovered from and they did officially announce that as an achilles right matt Yes, they did. Um, okay, I didn't see that. Thank you. Not not confirmed that it's torn and ruptured, but I can't imagine that that's not the case based on just what we saw in film. Yeah, you don't yep. bring out the card if it's a partial. This this doesn't really happen. I saw it. I saw it happen during the play. I saw somebody on the field, and I'm like, oh, God, no. I wasn't yeah. sure who it was, but that was not a good look, and you could tell that it happened. I, uh, You know, not changing the subject, really, because I still want to talk about Chiefs wide receivers. Tyreek Hill – after struggling early on, came on in the second half in a game that I didn't know that he was going to play in the second half because it looked like he was going to stay in the locker room, didn't look like he was going to come back out, and then he comes out and he is a man on fire, and it really lit up this offense in the second half. Yeah, it really did. I mean, and and honestly, some really, I thought, gritty, tough play from both of your big names today with Travis Kelsey thrown yep. in there too. Um, because Washington absolutely was trying to take Travis Kelsey out of this game. I mean, they were chipping and hitting him and clawing at him every single chance that they got. I mean, it wasn't just tight coverage. I mean, they were trying to manhandle and maul Kelsey most of this game. And and you saw, I mean, it took a little bit of a toll. I mean, he was coming in and out with, you know, you know looked like a little bit banged up here and there, but still sticks in and what gets nine, finishes with 99 yards on a day when Washington was trying to hold him to zero. That's a that's a pretty tough outing, and yeah, I, there's no doubt. I mean, Kels, Hill with his second half performance, I it certainly gave him a lift. And the fact that the best play of the day that Mahomes and Hill made isn't going to count, we need <laughs> to discuss because oh my goodness, that play was. You talk about Mahomes letting him be Mahomes and be himself. That was Mahomes and Hill doing what they do best, and because. It was Kelsey, reminiscent. Kelsey's was, trying to help out a little bit, and 
doesn't count. Yeah, and it was reminiscent of the play against San Francisco a couple of years ago with uh, Chris Conley in the end zone, but it was also reminiscent of the play of the fourth and nine, I believe, against Baltimore as well. I mean, there was different aspects of that play that were just phenomenal to see, and you're right, to see it not count really stinks. Uh, I do understand the penalty, and I can't argue with it because the Washington football team got called with it. Their punter got called with it earlier, uh, just a couple of plays before that, which I think is kind of funny. Uh, but that I'll, that's a good call based on what the penalty is this year. And then you look at the rest of the way that this team played, and I, and I know we're talking about offense, but I have to give a hat tip to the defense. Zero points in the second half. That's huge. It's something you don't see every day. And it, good for them for, for fixing that and getting it back on track. I, I, am, I, I think it also goes to game planning, right? Because the, the Kelsey thing – they attacked Kelsey like that because of what they saw on film. They tried to attack the Chiefs defense because of what they saw on film. I thought one thing that helped the defense today that's gone unheralded to this point, uh, mostly by other talking heads, but we're going to cover it, is the fact that not only were you able to run the ball better with some power, that you were able to use the back in the past game as well. I thought Daryl played probably his best game as a Chief right now, and he's had multiple score games in the past, but he was all around. And now what that does is change the film study for the next opponent and the opponent after that. And it changes what they feel that they have to do and can do in trying to take away Kelsey and Hill and play all the deep coverage. If we can show on film that we can do this and we can do that together, I think that that opens up what the Chiefs will see in the coming weeks, Matt. And that, I think, will help them maintain this momentum that they built in the second half. Yeah, it does. And just as a, as a brief aside, I'm, I'm listening to the, the post-game press conferences. Andy Reid did confirm that uh, Jody Fortson did suffer a torn Achilles, so that will definitely end his season. Um, but I think you saw the the Chiefs today just proving something that you know that they said all week, which was that you know losing Clyde over to Lair was not going to change what they were going to try and do game plan wise. That they feel complete comfort with Daryl Williams going in and doing the exact same things that they they do week in and week out. And I think you saw that. I mean, I I give my game ball to Daryl Williams, I think, because he, he was just effective from beginning to end. Um, the one guy who didn't have a bad second quarter, <laughs> no bad plays, no no fumbles on his watch. I mean, yeah, I thought it was a, a great performance from beginning to end for him. I'm still surprised. I thought today would be the, the day that for sure – um, we'd see a little bit more Jarek McKinnon getting worked in and, and maybe the early deficit played into that. And the chiefs just, you know, because I think that once again, I mean, same thing we saw against Buffalo last week. Um, once the chiefs get into a deficit, they, they like to go a little up tempo. They stick to their pet stuff. So that's why, you know, no Josh Gordon, maybe not as much as, as McKinnon as, as I certainly expected. I still think he could fit in and do some things, but, um, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, chiefs have complete and total trust in Daryl Williams and and I think he's, I think what they did today was was really important because I think that this could have been a situation where we've seen in the past that you know they don't have a starter, they let the RPO game get a little bit tilted. All of a sudden, Mahomes is keeping the ball and trying to make some things happen in the air, and they didn't do that today. They didn't get away from it. They they stuck with Daryl and and let him keep going even with the deficit. Um, they kept giving him the football, and I think that was a really important step. I mean, uh, maybe a. a important just overall for Andy Reid and the game cup planning that they were willing to stick to what they do best and not get away from it. Looks like the offense had 70 call, 75 called plays, 50 were passes. Mahomes ends up running for three 
rushes. So those were still passing plays because those were not designed runs. Uh, Daryl Williams rushes the ball 21 times. They definitely gave him the ball a lot more than I expected them to do. I did expect them to get Jarek McKinnon in, but it did show that Daryl Williams was hungry and Daryl Williams really got after it. And when you are hungry, you need to go check out Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. Thank you, Ryan. I know you had some just sitting there for me. They have nine delicious flavors, coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Uh, cookie dough chunk is coming out. Cherry lime is new, something they came out with. Apple almond crisp. Uh, very good, delicious Built Bar flavors. There are 17 grams of protein, 17 to 18 grams of protein in most of them, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs in Built Bar protein bars. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Made in the USA. And if you like that, you'll also like the fact that you're able to lay some action down on teams made in the USA over at betonline.ag, the number one spot for all your pro and college betting action. The site's updated, so it makes things a lot easier. You can check it out with new odds, props, and contests. And they are the number one source for all things football, whether it's at the professional level or, or otherwise. So you might want to check that out. You can forget all the other sports because they don't really matter. So it's just fine. Head over to that website, and you can get signed up today. You'll get a 50% bonus on your deposit, which means they get what you put in, they put in for you. You just got to use that promo card called Locked On. When you get that chance to get that bonus, you can check it all out at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports over at betonline.ag, where the game starts. The game starts and ends, I think, with being able to take away a little bit from your opponent on the defensive side. And we talked about some of the changes. I thought performance changed as well, Matt. You hinted at, at a little bit of a rotational change on the defensive front. I felt like most of the day, they were able to collapse the pocket. Now, Mike Dan is not a speed rusher. Frank Clark, certainly we know, is not a speed rusher. I thought both of them had solid games, and the, the tackles were able to compress that pocket for Heineke. And I thought that played a, a significant portion of being something that kept them from getting the ball to McLaurin and getting on a roll. Um, do you think that this is something they can build on, or is this a one-off against this beat-up offensive line? Yeah, I, I still need to see a little bit more because the one question I had coming into this game was just how much can can Washington learn from a few other teams that have beaten the Chiefs this year? And especially a team like the Philadelphia game plan, which was to get the Jalen Hurts, try and get rid of the football as quickly as possible and not let the Chiefs get any pressure on him and try and just beat that coverage as quickly as, as they can. Because I think that, you know, once again, I mean, you can let the Chiefs, get after you eventually they can get there with the pressure and that was what i mean that's 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 been taylor heineke's kind of downfall is just that he's not a guy that gets rid of the football quickly and and we saw that today i mean i think he held on to it a little bit too off too long at times um washington didn't seem to come in with a game plan that was designed to help him get rid of the football quickly and you know i, I think a more accurate passer someone with a little bit more poise in the pocket i think would have would have been more effective against the Chiefs today. So I don't think this was a defensive performance, performance that would have shined against Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield or some of the other quarterbacks that the Chiefs have faced. I think they still need to be able to get more consistent pressure. Um, it was better today, but how much of that is a banged up Washington offensive line? How much of it's a quarterback that holds onto the football? I, I don't know because I, I, and also on top of that, you know, Heineke didn't get a lot of help. I mean, he had some throws that were dropped and 
and, and didn't help himself. I mean, there was a few that were off target. And granted, I mean, the Chiefs did occasionally bring some pressure and get that, you know, a force some bad throws. But I didn't necessarily see a performance that I thought was up to what we've expected from this defense in the past and has worked for this team in the past. And we probably won't until Chris Jones is healthy again. Uh, that's a big piece that they're still missing. But overall, I mean, if you want to be, you know, a little bit less negative Nelly than I am, <laughs> it was better. I mean, it was certainly better. And it got the job done, especially in the second half on Sunday. You know, I want to say really quick, looking at this game, Kansas City came, comes out, they get a victory. Uh, yes, they're playing Taylor Heineke. Yes, that's a big issue. But let's look at their teams, the five of the teams that they played so far, uh, four of them with big QBs in Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. They have played some of the best offenses in the NFL already. And I think that's really hurt where they are defensively. I don't think they've gotten the con continuity that they would like to have. Chris Jones not playing has obviously hurt this defense. I think Shavarius Ward not playing has also hurt the defense, although I don't think many people will give him credit for that. But the one thing I do want to point out is Kansas City finally got a couple of turnovers today. Mike Dana had a huge turnover. Uh, you know, Legereus Sneed picked it up. It was a fumble on the ground. And then what can you say about Deshaun Wharton in his interception? <laughs> that was a fantastic play. I, you know, I love seeing Lyman get interceptions and the ability for him to pin it on the guy's back and still bring it in and get the INT. He will not forget that play. I guarantee you for the rest of his career. Yeah. The only thing that's as good as a fat guy touchdown is a, is a fat guy interception. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I love those. And um, yeah, I mean, at least now from a karma standpoint, you can kind of cross out that Greg Grusso interception from last week. It kind of yeah. got canceled out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, once again, if the Chiefs are going to Chiefs are going to turn the football over. Their defense has got to create some turnovers too, and they did finally, and that's uh, the big reason. Once again, why they win? I mean, you know, you, you force a couple of turnovers, it makes life a whole lot easier for everybody. Chiefs got to stop turning it over. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Once again, I mean, the effectiveness of this offense when it does not turn the football over is ridiculous. And on uh, today. Two two drives, ninety five and ninety six yards. <laughs> I mean, that's just silly. That's stupid, silly. I mean, I mean, an offense that can do that shouldn't be turning the ball over three or four times a game. And finally, hitting deep plays. I just want to point that out really quick because I think that's a huge thing too. Well, when you set yourself up, like certainly comes away. And I, I do want to say uh, of those those plays that you were talking about. I thought Snead had a very good day all the way around. We didn't see anything. He's had a couple of plays get away from him in the last couple of weeks. I thought he was real solid all day. He was there when they needed him. Um, obviously, the fumble was a good thing. He had a nice pressure as well. Um, I thought he generally was a guy that felt more comfortable doing what he does, knowing that he has coverage over the top of him. I think that came directly from having Juan Thornhill off the, on the field and Dan off the field unless it was a nickel situation where he can do what he does best. And I also feel, by the way, that Turk Warden, he made that play from end. And for those people that are clamoring for Chris Jones to go back to the inside, I think that's one of the viable options. Nothing against Alex Okafor. I think he held it down just fine. I don't think he's the pass rushing option that he was two seasons ago when he came to this team. Matt, I, I think they have to continue to play with that defensive front rotation, though, right? Yeah, I think that some of the, the the changes and the tweaks that they've made the defensive rotation last couple of weeks, I would just step on the pedal and keep doing it. Um, yeah, I mean Okafor is is a re, is is a reliable guy, but I, I think at this point in his career, he's a thirty percent snaps kind of guy. I mean, he's a rotational piece, not not more than that. I mean, I don't think you 
I don't think you want to put him in that position to be more than that. Um, and, and I think there's a few other few other players on defense that have been kind of in that position. I mean, Dan Sorensen, let's face it, is is a rotational piece. And and I think when you when you put him in that role, which you did on Sunday, didn't hear Dan Sorensen's name a lot, except you know when he was making some plays and everything. So I, I think that's what you got to do. And you know, and, and and Frank Clark too. I mean, I don't think that from what I've seen the last couple of weeks, I know he was not on the injury report this week that still doesn't look like a guy who's a hundred percent back from those hamstrings. Mm-hmm. So to me, I mean, that's another guy that I would, I would be giving him a little bit more rest than maybe they have. Um, yeah. Wharton is the kind of guy that, that is like Jones to me. I mean, I think it's, you put him into places where he can make the, the get the best matchups and make some plays. And uh, if they show a willingness to do that with Chris Jones, when he comes back to play him a bit more inside and put him on the matchup that he can win that week, I mean, I think that could make a big difference in this defense, and they can get some gets a little bit more pressure, maybe be more effective, and if nothing else, be more unpredictable. Because yeah. I think that's the been one of the things that has been really problematic for the Chiefs' defense is that uh, offenses have continued to try and surprise them, and, and they've and the Chiefs have done nothing to surprise opposing offenses. Yep. Well, and kudos to Jaron Reed. It looked like he got the let out as well, uh, Matt. I think you you said who you'd give your game ball. Any, any change for you? Nah, I mean some other guys certainly made some some you know claims, and I can't I can't give it to Mahomes for that second quarter, uh, <laughs> but because Daryl from beginning to end, I mean it wasn't the flashiest game, but two touchdowns, reliable, didn't see many mistakes. I'm I'll I'll give it to I'll give it to Dirty Williams. Okay, Chris, what do you got? I, I'm gonna give mine to Spagnolo, and it's not because that's necessarily the defense played great. But he made adjustments finally. He he admitted that it was wrong playing Thornhill or not playing Thornhill, and he played Thornhill, and I think that really helped the defense on the back end. I do think that this unit is going to continue to get better as the season goes on because again, I look back at who they've already played. It's going to be very hard for a lot of teams to play those types of offenses and keep them to low scoring games on a week by week basis. I'm not saying they play great, but I think they played a little bit better this week. I already said that I thought Juan Thornhill gave them the impetus to play better as a unit, knowing that he's mm-hmm. over the top of them. But I'm going to give my ball to, to Jody Fortune because I think he he did lift them. And teams like this, especially when they're down, they feed off of somebody else making a play. Being that example, getting the spark going, I thought that he did that and that lifted this team and got them going at least a little bit. <laughs> they didn't survive the second quarter so well, but without that, I think they would have been in a, a much deeper hole. So, folks, let us know what you think. Leave your comments on YouTube, like, sub, and hit the bell over there, as well as the iTunes reviews how do you like this game did it change anything for you we're going to be back later in the week with matt and we'll be back tomorrow again to continue to discuss where they're at and what they can build on after this win matt thanks for all the time post game thanks guys take care everybody folks we will talk to you tomorrow